yo, welcome to another episode of the Coach's Box. I'm your host, Coach JP3. I'm here today joined with the real Coach K and Coach Natty T. So we are in the building to give you all the all the tea on the Champions League preview. Uh, we have the, the big debate is who had the better career, Randy Moss or Tara Owens. Uh, we got Clippers watch with Coach K and of course, all the NBA analysis that you want. And we'll end because some people don't know how to act when they're in stadiums watching athletes. We'll end with some dirty fan talk. All right, but what we'll do first is we're going to tee it up coach natty t to talk about his champions league predictions go ahead coach natty t yes i'll go real quick champions league finals tomorrow chelsea versus man city um i know the last time i was leaning towards man city i'm still leaning that way Uh, i'm gonna go man city 2-1 i think they'll score first or actually no actually i think chelsea will score first and i think man city will tie it up and then i think they'll score like in the last 15 minutes or so. Um, so that's my prediction. Then Pep Guardiola, who's the manager for Manchester City, officially becomes the best club football manager of all time. So that's my prediction because he's just – he's a beast. Yeah. So I just had to get that on record. <laughs> <laughs> Since the game is tomorrow, so I got to get that on record. So, so. Well, there it is. There it is. Champions League preview. It'll be their first Champions League ever. So be interesting. Okay. It kind of seems to be the, the theme this year in uh in sports. Well, except for Alabama, but you got Baylor, you have I think Man City's gonna win. Mm-hmm. Um so, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. All right. We'll see. We'll we'll talk about it next week to see if your prediction came true. I, I'm pretty confident. It will. I just think they're just they're just a well-oiled machine. They've had some trouble with Chelsea throughout the year, but I, I just think they'll they'll get it done this time. Well, we'll switch to the other football, and we're going to talk about who had the better career, Randy Moss or T.O. All right. So Coach Natty, you can lead us out in, in this one as well. And then Coach K will go next. Yeah, so yes, when I, I yeah, so I thought about this question. Before I pick who I think had a better career, what really made me think of this question was kind of piggybacking off Russell Westbrook again. Mm-hmm. Because just to, just to throw this out there for people to think about. So Randy Moss was a first ballot Hall of Famer. Obviously, right. Terrell Owens or Terrell Owens, however you want to say it, T.O., whatever, whichever one you want to say, he was a what a third ballot Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then let's look at the numbers, statistics, <laughs> right? So for T.O., Terrell, Terrell, whatever you want to say, receptions one thousand seventy-eight, receiving yards. 15,934 mm-hmm. receiving touchdowns, 153. So Randy Moss, receptions, 982 receiving yards, 15,292. And then receiving touchdowns, 156. So, I mean, it's a wash. Both great, both all time great. 
yet T.O. gets listed as a, you know, such a bad influence or such a, you know, a cancer on the team, quote unquote. Team obliterator. Yeah, team obliterator. Uh, he prevented the team from winning. Whereas, and again, I'm not saying I don't like Randy Moss, but let's, let's be honest, man. Randy Moss said he was going to pay his fine straight cash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The whole Green Bay Packers <laughs> fan base, right? Dude left New England. I mean, not necessarily on the best of terms. He said, all right, I'm done. Get me out of here. Basically, Quentin Oakland, those two years he was there after getting traded there from, from the Vikings. So he has his fair share of just off-the-field stuff, if you will, right? Yeah. Why is he a first ballot Hall of Famer and gets kind of like the praise that he deserves? Because he works in the media now. He works for ESPN. Mm. <laughs> well, you notice that as yeah. soon as he was on countdown, then the whole like all that stuff, like everybody forgot about that. And again, I'm not. I love Randy Moss because I again I'm a Marshall alum. Also, shout out to the Marshall men's soccer team for winning. The national championship two weeks ago. Got to put that in there. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, as a Marshall alum, I've met Randy Moss. I mean, when you actually see him in person, because he's 6'4, he's but like he, it's pretty amazing because he's a pretty, I mean, quote unquote, average looking guy because he's not like the biggest of guys. You can tell that he's ripped, but mm-hmm. he's not like the typical, like if you met T.O., he's, he's huge. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I've met Randy Moss. Like, great dude. I mean, ultra talented, obviously, but like, it's just amazing how the narrative changed as soon as you start working for ESPN, right? Mm-hmm. When both of their careers off the field, obviously, the semantics are a bit different. The details are a bit different in terms of looking specifically as you look at TO in Philadelphia and all that. But still, overall, you can make the argument for both of them that they were difficult players to play with right or wrong or whatever but <laughs> i just think that's funny but again i just wanted to bring that up because that's my, that was my thinking as far as bringing up the question when we were talking about russell westbrook and that was kind of my point around him right because it's yeah. just we don't really like him i think the same thing with t.o people don't the media don't really doesn't really like him mm-hmm. they wanted to punish him i have him wait to be in the whole pro football hall of fame when his numbers and what he did on the field, he's a no-brainer for his Battle Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. So I just have to throw that out there before I get into who I chose. So, yeah, this is tough. Yeah. I think Randy Moss is the most just pure, raw, talented receiver ever in the NFL. Above, you know, you can probably throw Megatron in there physically. Obviously, Jerry Rice is known as the GOAT. You know, P.O., you know, all those guys, right? Because I think just from his skill set, just what he was able to do, and then just from how other receivers talk about him, because I don't, I don't know if you remember the – I forgot what receiver it was. It was a rookie. But T.O. and uh, Chad Johnson was kind of showing him some drills. Mm-hmm. They were showing him, like, yeah, you got to, like, sell the move because you can't just outrun people unless you're Randy Moss. Right. <laughs> and that's T.O. said that. <laughs> that's T.O. saying that so that's what I'm saying like and both of them were like yeah like Randy he just put his hand up and he's open like that's crazy 
So I, I do think Randy's the most talented of the two, but I would say Terrell is probably the most consistent out of the two. So that's why I would pick him just based off of careers. But I think Randy Moss is just, if we're saying who's the most talented, it's definitely Randy Moss, hands down. Mm-hmm. But if I'm just going off what actually happened in their careers and consistency when they were on the field, I got to go with T.R. And that's how I break it down. Okay. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. Coach K, what you got, man? Man, going, going off the eye test, I would say Randy Moss. But, <laughs> yes, absolutely. You know, I, t- I mean, no, we've never seen anybody like Randy Moss. I mean, never. Um, you know, I mean, he just watch the highlights. Like, I don't have to explain anything on that. I mean, the Cowboys are drafted him too. Oh, uh, Jerry. God. <laughs> <laughs> that hurts, man. Like, sorry, Coach. I just had to say that. Oh, I'm like, out of all the all the people that you've signed in your career with off-the-field issues, quote-unquote, you didn't draft him because of off-the-field issues? Really? <laughs> no. <laughs> no sense, bro. No sense. But... Man, I don't know, bro, but over, overall, I mean, you, you pretty much laid it out. Like, what I was going to talk about is the, is the stats. I mean, oddly, fairly similar, you know. Um, if my personal preference is, is for a better career, I mean, I probably would lean towards more of uh, T.O. And that, that's probably personal preference, too. Um, with T.O., you always want to get 110% plus more. I mean, we saw what he did in Philly. You know, when Philly made it to the, uh, um, uh, you know, the Super Bowl, I mean, what he had to play through. Man, um, one leg, basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, T.O., I don't have to question. I don't have to question his heart at all. Um. Randy Moss, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you definitely have to question him uh, sometimes. I mean, no denying the talent, but if I if I'm if I'm going with somebody who's going to give me everything they've got, I mean, no matter what team they're on, I'm going to go with To, and I'm sticking with that. I test Randy Moss is better, but To doesn't get the credit he deserves. So. All right. Well, Uh-oh. Uh-oh. No, I, I, I thought about this one and Coach Murph and I um, on our exclusive IG episode, which y'all can catch at Seabox Podcast on IG. Um, him and I got into it a little bit of like as far as what we were thinking. And I said this was tough because initially when the question was put on the agenda, I said Randy Moss. Why are we talking about this, right? And then I said, you know what, James? You know what? You should be better than that. You're a huge contextual person. So let's think about, let's look up the numbers. And I read the numbers. I have them right, I have them screenshotted on my phone that Coach and IT read off to us. And I said, man, they are not that far apart at all. I said, Randy had less catches. So you could say he did maybe a little bit more so, but like T.O. had more yards. You know, the touchdowns are right there next to each other. 
Um, Randy didn't play as many games, but I look at who, if you're talking about my favorite is Randy Moss. Now that I can answer, you know, you know I had his jersey and everything. I loved why I was glued to the screen every time Randy Moss played. Mm-hmm. And it, it all started on that Thanksgiving day where I was like, oh, wow, this is going to be good. You know, Randy Moss playing, you know, this guy, this is a young guy. He's supposed to be pretty good. The Cowboys will probably take care of business. Three catches, 163 yards, and three touchdowns later. It's <laughs> like, oh, okay, this dude's for real. Okay. <laughs> he just torched our entire defense mm-hmm. and made it look effortless. I have never seen someone make it, you know, to that point, I made it look so effortless. Uh, but then I remember – T.O. wasn't the flashy kind of mm-hmm. receiver. And I think some people sleep on, on that because he didn't necessarily leap off of your screen. Um, so when you, te- when you talk about their flaws, I would say Randy Moss's flaw was like he didn't give 100% every game, especially when he got to Oakland. He kind of took basically a year and a half, two years off. <laughs> it was just like, I don't feel like playing, so I'm, I'm not going to. T.O.'s flaw is that sometimes he would get in his own head and he would drop passes that someone of his caliber should not be dropping. I remember there's a big game in San Francisco. I believe Jeff Garcia was the quarterback, and it was a, uh, a big game for San Francisco. And T.O. just had a really off game. He just kept dropping the ball. When it counted, though, he did catch it and got his touchdown. I remember him crying on the sidelines because he, he had a battle. He had an internal battle that game. So after I'm saying all that to say the question that was proposed is who had the better career? I'm going to have to go with T.O. on it. I'm going to have to make it a clean sweep for us. Who was my favorite? No question. Randy Moss. Uh, When you look at some of the big games that receivers have had in history, both of them are right up there. I think Randy Moss has two of them and and T.O. has one of them. Uh, when you talk about some of the most stats stacking performances in wide receiver history, but I also look at the situations that T.O. was in, that he was blackballed for so many teams, and by the time he got, you know, to the to the Bengals and to to the Bills and all that kind of stuff, no one was really trying to, you know, mess with them. So yeah, he was on the roster, but. They they were they were like yeah we're not gonna we're not all in and so T.O. felt always felt like people really didn't give him a fair chance and that people blamed him a lot for a lot of the drama and not to say that he was blameless but when you look at the drama that Randy Moss caused also in Oakland and in Minnesota and Tennessee and Tennessee yeah and Tennessee you know it's just like well why are the narratives so different and so to your point coach Natty T you're talking about he's a member of the media now so the narrative changes um, because he's good at what he does you know Um, and oh I think Tara Owens being on Fox Sports sometimes I, I, I was hoping that that would happen for him too but I think the issue is is that every time he was on TV it was mostly defending himself Mm-hmm. because it was Skip Bayless versus Terrell Owens. And so Skip Bayless having the privilege of the media there, it was always Terrell Owens having to defend why this happened, how this happened. Is it? And so um, that's very unfortunate. I hope that eventually changes for Terrell Owens. Um, but yeah, he had the better career. 
And for him to be have to go three ballots to be on the Hall of Fame is an absolute joke, an absolute travesty. Uh, they were just punishing them to make him wait, and that's unfair. Yeah, I mean, to your point, because um, he he's actually really good on TV as far as breaking down, um, you know, the game, breaking down what the receiver is seeing, what the quarterback is seeing. Because I, I remember, as you said, like on, you know, on Fox on Sunday, I forgot what year it was, but yeah, you know, they asked him, you know, just to break down film and break down like, okay, what are you looking at as a receiver? And, you know, because I think the thing about those jobs is you have to be like, you can't be overly wordy. Like you have like basically two minutes to explain this play, this complicated yes. play. And he did like fantastic, but he he has a little bit of Aaron Rodgers-esque in him as well, because he, he holds grudges. I mean, he, yeah. you know, he's not forgiving. So I don't think he really wanted to be Randy Moss, so to speak, as far as joining the media because of mm. the trust there. Because I think he could have very well been, you know, on, you know, Monday Night Countdown or on Fox or on NBC or any one of those shows because he's really, really good on TV. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just I just think he's just like, nah, like, oh, y'all try to sabotage me. And, and to your point, he's not blameless, but at the same time, he felt like, you know, those guys were, were trying to sabotage him and mm -hmm. rightfully so. So yep. at the same time, he's like, I'm not going to be a part of the media. <laughs> the same people who basically crucified me this entire yeah. time. Yeah, but, but the ironic thing is, as with Randy Moss, I bet you if he did, he would have been a first battle Hall of Famer. Yep. Because even like, because I'm look, I'm, I'm, because even as you said, the, the Buffaloes and the Cincinnati's, I mean, because he was, what, 34, 35, 36? Right. I mean, listen, at that age, as a receiver, dude had at Buffalo, 2009, he had 55 catches and 829 yards. That's production. Yes. Especially at that age. Yes. And then in 2010 with Cincinnati, when him and Chad Johnson, because he played 14 games, he had 72 catches and 983 yards at 36 years old. I'd take that in a heartbeat. Like, that's pretty good. <laughs> but, you know, it gets overlooked. So, you know, it, it is. Does. It does. He, I mean, yeah, like some of it, he'd be very dramatic. You know, I just remember, that's my quarterback. You know, so when people think about T.O., that's what they think. And, you know, I think he liked the attention. But it's like, dude was battling some internal demons that a lot of us can't understand. Mm -hmm. right. and, and so it's like I, a lot of times the media in the moment especially does not take time to understand the context behind why someone's acting a certain way you know it's immediately I'm going to villainize someone and then maybe 20 years later then the story comes out and everyone's like oh yeah you know that is going through so much. He, you know, he had a rough life and everything like that. And that's why he did what he did. But it's like, you basically ran his name through the dirt while he was playing. Yeah. Right? You know? So I, I hate it when, 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 you know, society does that to people and, you know, that's not quite the level of what people are doing to Russell Westbrook, but they're still disrespecting his talent and, and stuff like that. Still not the like that. So I do see the comparison. I understand why that, 
that kind of like that's why it popped in my head because yeah. I, I thought that was another perfect example because like, that's like the only reason why he didn't get in as a first ballot hall of famer because people's like they were just moving the goalposts they're like oh well you know his numbers are there but did he really contribute to winning i'm like wait what what <laughs> his off the field stuff i'm like dude there are people in the hall of fame that are way worse than what to ever did off the field he's never been in trouble yeah there's some drama there but okay like is he a hall of famer or not yes yeah. <laughs> is he one of the best receivers who ever played yes yeah. all right that's end of story like forget the rest of it. <laughs> Gosh, all right. Yeah, so that's it. So Coach Pace also couldn't be uh, on today's episode. Wanted to to add T.O. Um, to the list. So it's, it's still a clean sweep. You know, he said T.O. had the better career. He gets disrespected a lot for a lot of the reasons that we talked about today. Uh, and so you're looking at how, you know, different generations are also seeing this. And so people got a chance to watch him and understand what was happening. They know what they saw. Yeah. When, when they watched T.O., go out there because a lot of times they put him in lose-lose situations. And he felt that. And he, he, he also talked about it. He said, now, if I didn't go out there and play, you would say that I didn't do all that I could to play for my team. Mm-hmm. And then now that I go out there, you're saying that I shouldn't have went out there, that I wasn't healthy enough and I hurt my team. But he was the one keeping them in the game. <laughs> like, like, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. And then it became the kind of schism between him and Donovan McNabb. And that was it. But that Philly, man, that Philly team was, they, I wanted to see them be yep. together and get along for some more time because I think they could have eventually got, got one. Yeah. Yeah. And even, I mean, you know, of course, even him, the, the infamous Dallas years, I mean, Everybody wanted to blame T.O. for the reason they lost. And even after he left, they still didn't win nothing. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> Everybody wanted oh, to blame yeah. T.O. Like, was far from an issue. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. So that, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's just, I don't know. I just find it annoying. Oh, gosh. Well, that's great. I didn't think we were all going to agree on Tara Owens there. So that's interesting. That we <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, much respect to, to both of them. I, man, sure. I, I miss watching them guys play, man. Yeah, because Randy, man, like I said, like you said, I think favorite receiver to watch, like if I'm paying money to watch somebody, like, I'm going to watch Randy. Because mm-hmm. that dude, man, yeah, he's, he's a – man, that's a freak of nature. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Coach K, it is time for Clippers Watch with Coach K. And boy, do you have a lot of material today. What you got for us? Man. Uh, first of all, I just want to give a shout out um, to Kwame. I didn't I didn't get to join last week because uh, I, I was on a uh, production set all weekend. But I just want to give a shout out to Kwame Brown for all those jewels he was dropping. <laughs> I, I, I appreciated all of that. Even um, so, Clippers watch. I gotta put my glasses on so I can see through some of the BS, man. <laughs> yeah, it definitely deserves the glasses for sure. Yeah. I gotta start out with Jay Crowder. <laughs> I know he's not on the Clippers roster, but man. 
before. The only time I've ever seen him step up in his career is when he's stepping up to get on the bus, leaving the game after a loss. <laughs> oh boy. I don't know, man. I'm just like, he he is like, I don't know. For as much as trash and stuff he tries to talk, like he's probably one of the most inconsistent, like overrated players that I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. So, and we've, we've been seeing what this man is, we've been seeing the, the trash this man has been giving us ever since uh, he was with Boston, but that's beside the point. Uh, first of all, I want, <laughs> I want to talk about uh, Ty, Ty, oh. Ty Lu. Oh, boy. Pad Ty Lu, as I like to call him, because he's, he's as soft as Pad Ty. Um, <clears throat> I don't know, man. It sounded good. This stuff, bro. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm just like, I'm, I'm listening to all these interviews given and stuff. Like, I'm like, he makes no adjustments whatsoever. Like, I just saw. And like, he, he Patrick, Patrick Beverly needs to be like, they need to lock the tor- lock the doors to the team bus and just like let he's been getting burned all series. Mm-hmm. Um, like like I said, no adjustments being made. Uh, he's he's not a coach. Like he he's wanting to. I th- I think he's wanting to win this win this game off the talent of Kawhi and Paul George. But I think I think the I think I'm I, for me I question the heart of the Clippers team. Um. Well, I mean, actually, you know what? There is no heart. Yeah, there is no heart. And I think it all boils down to previous conversations that we've had about Kawhi Leonard. Like Kawhi is not not a leader. You shouldn't have to go off and and draft, you know, somebody else from a team. You know, when when the way we talk about Kawhi is he is uh um you know, one of the top five players in the world today. Well, I mean, uh, Luca's proven him otherwise right now. Um, he was supposed to be one of the best two-way defenders. And, bro, he's just – Luca is scoring at will. I mean, granted, I guess he did have 41. But, yeah, I, he had 42 points. But, like, when in the moments when they need him, like, Kawhi's not there. Yeah, about five in the first half or something, 32, 35 in the first half, quite it. So yeah. the second half was abysmal. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. Um playoff P or pandemic P, whatever you want to call them. Way off P. Way <laughs> off P. <laughs> yeah. I look, man, Paul Paul George has been letting me down since uh since the Thunder days. Mm-hmm. I mean, I actually used to like him as a pacer, but I just I don't know. I just it's another one where he I feel like he's just overrated. Like I think he's he's an above average star. He's not a superstar in my book. Um great talent. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh Patrick Beverly is a waste of a let's move on. Yep. <laughs> yeah, let's let's move on to the next segment. <laughs> Sick of talking about these dudes, man. And, and like I'm for real, Ty Lue is not a coach. It's 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 one of the uh, 
feel like, I mean, come on, man. Mark Jackson could at least get a get a finals appearance out of these guys. I think Mark Jackson could. Yeah. But, nah. I don't know why they're not playing um, Rondo more. The, it doesn't make sense. Like, see, that's that's a coaching thing, bro. Like, yeah, he had more production in he had more production in 19 minutes than uh than uh Patrick Beverly's had all the the entire series so far. Because they keep playing with Reggie Jackson. Yeah, Red, yeah, Reggie Jackson. Um, what's his name? Uh, Patrick Beverly. I don't get the. I don't get the fascination with playing with him. Like, okay, like, like game two, or like, let's put him on Luca, see if he can bother him. But like, after those first couple of baskets, it's like, all right, you got to take him out of the game because you can, even if he does play, the only place he's going to be slightly or slightly useful is on defense. Right. He yeah. Can't, he doesn't give you anything on offense. So, like, mm-hmm. you know, at that point, I just don't, I don't understand that. <laughs> and, and then, like, I'm, I'm saying, like, yeah, he's no offensive threat whatsoever, and he's not doing anything on defense. No, exactly. <laughs> the funniest part about all this is so, like, Reggie Jackson gets a lot of tick uh, more than Rondo, right? So when Rondo's on the floor, he's literally calling out the plays that the Mavericks are doing. I, and for those who don't remember, he used to play for the Mavericks um, a few years ago. Mm-hmm. About, I think about five years ago. So, like, he remembers the plays, and Carlisle and his staff haven't changed the plays really since since then. So, when Rondo recognizes something, he calls it out to help them defensively. Still so, it's still, they still can't stop him. But it's like, if you have someone with that much, you know, uh, memory and intelligence, like, why, why wouldn't you play them more? At least give yourself a better shot throughout the game of being able to stop that. So the Mavericks were like, that's why they do a lot of quick play. So a lot of times they're doing playground type basketball because they don't want Rondo reading off the plays. So when he's in the game, they basically give the ball to Luca if he's in the game and say, hey, do your thing. These these cats are out here playing playground basketball and the Clippers still can't stop them. They're minimizing their playbook and the Clippers still can't stop them. That's, that's what boggles my mind. And I laid my life on the line last week in our IG episode. And I said, the Clippers going to come out there and they are going to take care of business. They are going to sweep the Mavericks because the Mavericks weren't looking as good coming into the playoffs. And the Clippers are supposed to be rested. And they got an early exit last year and everything like that. So they're going to come out guns blazing. Nothing. Bunch of blanks. Bunch of blanks coming out. Man. I'm so upset because I want to see this Lakers-Clippers matchup. I want to see it. I need to see it. They cheating us. We could have seen it. We could have seen it if they would have won the game. <laughs> we could have seen it if they tried to get a better seed. They would have put them in the first round instead of trying to avoid them. Yes. But the other thing, to me, it, again, it, it comes back down to – and, and Coach, <laughs> you've already said this. I mean, I – made my points very clear on previous episodes about the Clippers. Mm-hmm. I didn't care about what they were doing in the regular season. Oh, George Paul, I mean, Paul George. <laughs> had, George Paul. Oh, man, you know, he's playing great. Oh, he's trying to silence everybody. I'm like, I need to see it in the playoffs. And I think the biggest, again, the biggest issue is leadership, which is seems to be absent. And 
again, those two guys are supposed to be, as, as I'm going to sound like Shannon Sharp here, but <laughs> those two guys are both supposed to be the best, the two best wing defenders since Jordan. That's what everybody was saying when they got together. Exactly. Y'all can't slow down Luca, like at all. At all, he ain't even fast to begin with. They still no, can't. You're right. I I'm mean, watching a, a, re- a man at regular speed just wax people. These, I mean, these are supposedly are supposed to be the best two way players. You know, two of the best two way players in the league, right? I mean, what? what I mean, is that is that true or is that not true? I don't know. That's true. That's that to me, that's that's the crux of the question, because if if those two are supposed to be that good both ways, you know, offensive defense, I mean, Luca shouldn't be doing looking like this. I mean, he may still get his numbers, but he's just doing he's just as you said playing playground basketball. Like it shouldn't yeah, he, be. He's shooting off one leg. Yeah, he over here trash talking to them in his native language. Bro, he's. Like, bro, yeah, like so. you gotta, you gotta. Have, this has to be some type of pride that kicks in and say, you know what? We're not letting this dude beat us. If they beat us, they're going to beat us as a team. Yeah, we're not letting this dude beat us because you got two of the yeah, best. Man, got Tim Hardaway Jr. out here having like career career best. Like a, a thousand percent from three. Oh <laughs> 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 <I'm> like, <laughs> everything. But again, I mean, I, I, it, it, I, I've said this on on previous show. I, I didn't, I don't like those two because I don't like how there's just been no accountability. Even after these two games, oh, we're not worried. Like, dude, <laughs> you're not worried. Like, you just lost both those games at home. Because again, and last year, oh, well, you know, it was Doc Rivers' fault. He didn't put us in the best positions. Okay, Doc Rivers. It was Lou Williams' fault because he went to the strip club. Okay, y'all got rid of Lou Williams. Oh, Montrez Harrell, he was batting in the locker room. Y'all got rid of Montrez. Mm-hmm. You still got the same issues. And all of them are going to be in the playoffs Sorry. after the Clippers are bounced. <laughs> no accountability at all. That's why I'm like, I don't really care why. Like, I mean, that's his personality. He wants to be quiet. But at the end of the day, if you're going to be the best player and have the commercial going after LeBron, King Keychain on the front, talking about this Kawhi town and all that, oh, I'm the silent assassin. Well, you got to get it done, period. I don't want to hear anything else. And when things don't go well, I need you to at least step up and take responsibility, and he's not. So I don't, I don't really care for him at all. You know, the thing that bothered me and I think it, it might have been Stephen A. Smith that brought this up. And I thought about it, too. You know, I'm very, you know, part of my day job is, is helping people with, you know, mental health situations and stuff like that. So I'm very sensitive to those type of things. And the bubble was a strain on a, a lot of people, you know, being away from their families and stuff like that. So when Paul George said that, my initial thought was like yeah I I definitely see that even though he's not the only one going through that like I understand why that would be an issue but you weren't talking about that when y'all were up 3-1 though so it's like you conveniently and if you would have won the series and someone asked you how you're feeling you wouldn't have said all my mental health is struggling I'm thankful that we won but I really miss my family you wouldn't have said that 
No. You wouldn't have brought that up at all. You would have been blaming Doc Rivers. You would have been blaming Lou Williams. And you would have been blaming Montrez Harris. Okay. So I'm like, it, it's hard for me to have too much sympathy for people when they conveniently bring things up just because a situation doesn't work out and didn't bring it up at all while they were successful in the same in the same uh, situation, essentially. So, yeah, I, I, I just want to see I want to see more verbal leadership. And that's what Rondo was supposed to bring to the team. But if he's not playing, it's a little bit harder for him to do that. But when Chris Paul's in the game, he's he's talking to them young guys every single time. Yo, you know, even when he's on the sideline, he's talking to him. He's coaching from the sideline. He's never sitting down. Yo. And it's and it's showing too because like some of the other players ain't playing well. Market like Morris. <laughs> Struggling. Yeah. The whole team that Zubak looks very slow uh against Denver. Uh, he he he's look he looks like he's running that quicksand sometimes, but it it's just re- and you have the nerve to say you ain't concerned. You should be concerned, bro. I I don't get it. Like, don't be fake with us. Be like, listen, we dropped the ball dramatically at home, but they do have to beat us four times, so we need to get our stuff together uh, and show them how to play how we play Clippers basketball. That's what I want to hear from Ty Lue. That's what I want to hear from Paul. Uh, well, that's the problem. <laughs> Losing big leads. <laughs> that is Clippers basketball. That is Clippers basketball. <laughs> Playoffs. That's Clippers basketball. So they are playing Clippers basketball. Oh my God. I, so that's why I know like Kawhi's not the, the most verbal person. He don't have to yell at people, but I just want him to be talking to people. Like, I, I just want to see him do something. He can laugh, tell some crack a joke. I don't know. Do something. Well, again, to your point, I mean, you know, he's he has a more quiet personality. That's fine. But he's one that has claimed to lead by example. I mean, he should be like he should be guard Luca. Yes. He should be like, look, I got the whole game. Even if Luca's killing him, like the fact that you're just like, nah, I got him. Like that's leading by example. You know what I'm saying? But you're just like they're switching on everything. Like, oh no, no, you got him. Oh no, 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 you got him. Like, what? <laughs> like, what is that? If you're Jordan and Pippen, then you need to take turns guarding him, just like Jordan and Pippen did on Coup Coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or even, or even um, in the, in their first finals with Magic. I mean, Jordan took him the first game. I mean, he has some trouble because he's bigger than him. He's like, all right, Scotty, I need your help. Scotty took him the rest of the time. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, none of neither one of you is guarding him. <laughs> I mean, I understand, like, okay, like, there may be some switches here and there, but, like, neither one of you are stepping up to play to guard him at all. You really going to let Pat Bev guard him? It's getting torched. Man, man's getting torched. <laughs> nah, Pat. Nah, Pat. That's you, dog. That's you. Like, what? That ain't you, <laughs> Patty getting torched. Pity Pat getting torched. Y'all supposed to be the best or the two best two-way players in the league? I'm hurt, man. This this really hurts me because I uh, I expect this. I don't care, man. If I if I was on the show last week, I would have I would have saved you from making a grave mistake. Yeah, yeah. If I would have got on Instagram, wouldn't have kicked me off. I'm mean, like James, don't do it. Man. At, least add, at least add a few more games to it. At least say like Clippers in six or seven. Don't say sweet. 
Because even if they went up 2-0, I'm fully confident they would have lost these next two games. <laughs> I'm telling you. Because they like they probably based on their talent, they should sweep them, right? But yes. I guarantee you they went up 2-0. Like I I'm pretty much I'm very, very sure they would have lost these two in Dallas anyway. And it would have been all oh, the series is tied. Oh, you know, can they get back in the series? Who's gonna take control? It would have been one of those situations either way. Yeah. Man, it's just so disappointing to watch. So this, and I'm not even a Clippers fan. Yeah. I just wanted to see them do well and make it far, so we can get the matchups that we wanted to see. Yeah, I don't, I don't even care. I don't even care about the Clippers Lakers matchup anymore. I don't. I honestly don't care. It would have been nice to see. I mean, ultimately, I think. Uh, I mean, you know, we'll get into it in our next segment. I think they have the best chance of beating the Lakers just based on how they're built. But I mean, I still wouldn't have picked them. Because, I mean, I, I'm gonna, I trust LeBron and AD over Kawhi and Paul George. That's just what it comes down to for me. Yeah. But I think they would have gave them a like a really good run, just again, just based on how they were built. And then I think they would have been motivated throughout the whole series because of the Lakers. But I don't know. They, I don't know, man. They're just tabulated. It's, it's, it's just tragedy, a travesty. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's get into that next segment because we're going to break down all the different um, playoff matchups we got going on here. We'll start in the Eastern Conference. Uh, So Sixers, Wizards, Philly up two games already. Westbrook may not even play in in game three. Are are we seeing a sweep here? Do you think Washington will get one at home? Uh, So we'll go with Coach K. Who you got to win the series? Uh, it's going to be a sweep. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I, don't, I don't see Washington be able to – I don't see them getting the game against Philly. It's too good. Coach Natty T? Yeah, it's a sweep. I mean, especially with Russell. With Russell mm-hmm. I thought they could probably maybe get a game or two, maybe, if he wasn't hurt, at least one at home. But, you know, with him, with that ankle, I just – I, I think it's a wrap. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. If he can't play, it's a wrap. If he can and he's good enough to go, if he's rest while he plays, it'll be a five-game series instead of a four-game series. Yeah. yeah, 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 for sure. Um, all right, well, we got a matchup actually going on right now. Uh, Knicks and Hawks. Hawks are up right now. A series tie 1-1. Coach Natty T, who do you have in this one overall? Yeah, I mean, going in, I thought the Hawks would win in six. Um, <laughs> I know, I know the Knicks being back in the playoffs, and it, it's great to see, you know, Madison Square Garden kind of yes. back to normal, you know, so to speak. So it's been good to see. But I mean, really, their team is—they're scrappy, they work hard, um, but I do think overall Atlanta is better. Um, so I, I have Atlanta in six. Okay, Coach K. Um, the Knicks are above average. Um, Atlanta in five. 
Ooh, so New York doesn't get another game. Okay. Uh, this one was hard. This one was hard for me. I'm, I'm going to keep hope alive and say uh, Knicks and seven. See, I, I, I'm surprised by that. I'm kind of predicting, predicting them to go back and forth. I mean, Atlanta's up by 15 uh, late in the fourth. So I, um, so it's two, basically 2-1 two, Atlanta. I see New York getting the next game and them just kind of going back and forth to game seven. That would be surprising. Yeah. Next, we have a big shocker. Coach Natty T's favorite team, the Milwaukee Bucks, featuring the, the Nat, Coach Natty T's favorite player, Giannis. <laughs> Up 3-0 against the Miami Heat. I think a lot of people outside of the state of Wisconsin did not see this happening, especially how how last year went. Uh, so, Coach K, is it going to be a sweep by Milwaukee or um, or what? Just because, just because of the caliber player that I believe Giannis to be, it would not surprise me to see Miami come back and actually win the series out in seven games. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait a minute. I don't care about Giannis, bro. He oh. needs to make it to the Eastern Conference before I show him any respect. Um, wow. I don't know. I, I think it's going to be a sweep. Um, okay. It, 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 is, it is tough that Oladipo wasn't able to play, but yeah. Um, I don't know. I just, uh, I'm, yes, last year was like such a, uh, was such a just like outlier. I think the Miami team that we're seeing right now is, is unfortunately like the true Miami Heat team. Mm. Um, so I think there's been, they, they're being exposed as like who they truly are. Um, so yeah, I mean, the, the sweep doesn't surprise. If they got swept, it wouldn't surprise me. But you know, at the same time, like I, I still respect Jimmy Butler. He's he's one of my top five players right now. Okay. All right. Coach Natty T. Yeah, I mean, contrary to <laughs> it may sound a little crazy, but I going into the series, I thought my um Miami. Um Milwaukee would win the series in six. Um I thought it probably would have went seven if if Miami pulled out game one, which I thought they should have won game one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was there for the taking for them. Um, but I think the as much as, you know, my opinions on Giannis is well documented, but I do, I really do like Drew Holiday. And I think uh, his addition is why I actually – initially thought they would win the series in six. I'll still give Miami I, I respect Miami a lot. So I'll I'll give them a game this next game at home. I don't think they'll get swept just from just for pride and you know because that crew would would uh um I, uh what's his name? Jimmy B. No I know um, but um Adebayo. Adebayo. Well, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I just I feel like that crew, you know, the Pat Riley and Spolstra. I mean, I, I just don't see them getting swept. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I, I got to give them a game, but um, 
but I'm not surprised Milwaukee's going to win that series because, I, again, I thought they would win going into it. Got you. I originally had Milwaukee in seven. I thought it would be more of a back-and-forth series. Um, I, I agree. I give Miami this next game. So, overall, Milwaukee in five. Uh, all right. Um, Brooklyn <laughs> and Boston. Uh, my original prediction was Brooklyn in three. Uh, so it uh, looks like that's holding true. Uh, you know, so they're, they're going to be playing here soon. Um, I right now the boss is up 61 53 right now. 53. I still say Brooklyn wins the series in a sweep. All right. uh, Coach K, who do you got? I was watching game two the other night and it they had like 75 or like like 74 points before the end of the before the end of the first half nobody nobody's stopping Brooklyn like so um especially except maybe Philly but <laughs> I don't know man I'm 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 starting to feel a little bad for you I don't know like I I don't feel I don't feel bad for I, I guess I feel bad for Jason Tatum, but I mean Brown's not in not able to play right now. But um, there's just there's just a I just question a lot of the decisions that that's being made um, in Boston right now. I think that's kind of showing uh, Fournier, um, <laughs> Marcus Smart's contract. Um, I think there just needs to be. Tristan Thompson of all people, like Tristan Thompson. <laughs> you can add him onto my uh, trash centers list. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's a done deal, Brooklyn at four, and I think I think after the season, I think Boston is going to make some changes, including the new head coach. Mm, okay. Coach Natty T. Um, well, I got Brooklyn winning the series. I'm just going back and forth on whether Boston winning game or not at home. Um, I'm going to give Boston a game. Mm. Uh, because because Brooklyn, I, I just I don't know. I just feel like one one of these games. I mean. I feel like one of these games, they'll just be like, eh, you ain't feeling it tonight. <laughs> I, that's my only uh, explanation for it, but I got I got broken one in the series. Um, it, it was funny watching it because in game one, you know, there's so much of an unknown about them, how they're going to play, you know, together in the playoffs, but <laughs> and not that Boston's a great defensive team, but you can tell just the difficulty in the, the talent that you have to deal with with Brooklyn. Because there was a stretch where <laughs> Kyrie has the ball and he's dribbling. And then they double Kyrie and then he flips it to, to KD. And then KD was like basically wide open. But then he just basically stood there with the ball and waited for them to come back just to toy with him. <laughs> and he passed and then he gets doubled and he passed it to James Harden who was one-on-one and wide open, and then Kyrie just cutting and they passed it to him. I was like, dang, 
Like you can't double team three guys. <laughs> There's no way. There's no way you're gonna be able to do that. <laughs> I was just like, my goodness. <laughs> I mean, they were literally like, you can tell they was like, all right, well, double him. What? Well, no, that's KD. Wait, we gotta double him. Oh wait, no, that's James Harden. Oh, we gotta double him. <laughs> <laughs> they were just, they were just passing it around him, just toy with him. So, I, yeah. the biggest, to your point there, like the one of the biggest things that shows how good these guys are and how even some solid defensive teams, because Boston, they're not slouches on defense at all. <laughs> Definitely not slouches, no. And, and there was a time they went back in transition, I believe. No, it, was, it wasn't transition. They did have time to set up. And Marcus Smart is the one calling out the play. So he knows pretty much what's going to happen on offense mm-hmm. because he, he, you know, he, people make fun of him a lot and they say he's on the trash list and everything like that. We joke, but I mean, he's an intelligent basketball, player, especially on the defensive end, because that's where he makes his hallmark. So he's basically calling, like calling out to his teammates um, X. He goes X, X that, uh, you know, strategy wise, basically is a um, um, a 2-1-2, basically. So you have two up top, one million, two at the bottom. Because they know that if once KD gets the ball, they're going to need some help. Once, you know, Kyrie Irving gets the ball, they're going to need some help. So he's calling out the play, and you would think, like, wow, they're prepared for this. KD gets the ball, dribbles up, pulls up in a mid-range shot, and just sinks it in their face, like, before anybody can do anything about it. Like, so it doesn't matter how prepared you are that Katie's going to find the hole in the defense and seven feet shooting, you're not going to be able to block his shot. You foul him, he's going to make his free throws. And you could pretty much say that for all three of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it's, it was, it's just stuff like that that really points out how talented this team is and how even some of the better defensive teams in the league are going to struggle mightily um, against this, so foreshadowing things to come, I think. Yeah, we'll see. And they kind of this real quick point on Boston. Um, I look at Jason Tatum, and I think he's the issue. Mm. I don't think he has truly taken over the team and it's, and said, you know what. I'm the best player out here. This is my team showing that alpha dog swag and taking over. He's he's shown bits and pieces of it, like flashes here and there. You know, he had like a 60-point game and whatnot. But I think he hasn't like officially grabbed the team by the horns, if you will, and like said, I'm the man out here. To me, that's what they're missing. So, I mean, whose job is that, though? Is that Or is that the coach going to your player and saying, hey, this is what I need you to do? I mean, I think that's part that's part of it. Um, but I think ultimately he – game respects game, right? I mean, as as you mentioned it before, with, with, you know, we were talking about Steph Curry and when, um, you know, when KD went there. I mean, as great as a player as, you know, as Steph Curry is – you know, when 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 that seven foot monster came down on the court, it was like, yeah, he's the guy. Like, get, when, when the balls come out, when you roll the basketballs out, 
game recognized game, but it's like, yeah, he's that dude. Mm-hmm. Like your game just speaks for itself, and when you come on the court, you're like, yeah, I'm I'm the best out here. Like, yeah, like you, he may be the leader, he may be the vocal leader, he may do this, he may do that, but y'all know who the man is. Like, give me the daggone ball and get the heck out of the way. Like to me, that's what that's what they're missing with Boston. And I don't know if Jason Tatum has, I don't know if he's realized that himself. Mm-hmm. Um, or to Coach K's point, I don't know if he just needs the coach to kind of come to him and say, hey, like, yo, this is you. Um, but I do think that has to come from him. And I just don't think he's officially like embraced that role yet. Really embrace that. Cause I think that's what they're missing. Mm-hmm. I blame it on Ty Luke. <laughs> has nothing to do with the Celtics at all. He has everything to do with Ty Lue. Like, Ty Lue being a coach brings down, I think, <laughs> it lets you know, it lets you know, like, even if I fail here, like, there's still going to be a coaching position open because the standards of, of a coach are so low right now in the NBA. It's, it's just, it's hard to watch. Unbelievable, Coach K. Unbelievable. I, we're going to move on to the Western Conference. <laughs> <laughs> um, Utah, Memphis, Dalvin Mitchell was out game one. Memphis was able to take that. Um, Utah got him right back once uh, Dalvin Mitchell returned in game two, and we'll see what happens game three. Uh, so, Coach Natty T, who do you have in this one? Uh, I hate Utah, but <laughs> I got him in six. Utah and six. Okay, so you think Memphis is going to get one one of the home games? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. Hey, Coach K. Uh, Utah and five. Utah and five. Okay. I just want to say, and Coach Natty T, you could definitely echo this because you you uh, you're the one that talked about it earlier during the regular season, like. John Moran is that dude. Like, you talking about somebody – you talking about what you want from Jason Tatum? That's John Morant right there. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Like, it – he was one of my favorite players coming out of that draft. And I remember I said, you know what? If Zion is not going to be able to stay on the court, John Morant's going to be the best pickup in this draft by far, and it's not going to be close. So, you know, we'll see, you know, but I I can easily see John Morant having the better career out of of, of the two of them. I mean, this guy, I I watch him, he's composed. He's an excellent decision maker, but he has Westbrook's motor with better decision making skills and a better jump shot. Yeah. He needs to work on his three ball still, but he he's been hitting some really timely three pointers uh, uh, in the playing game and, and so far in this series. That you look at, I mean, even game two. I mean, dude, how was it forty one points in game two, something like that? Forty seven. Like, I did not see that coming so quickly though, and and just to see how mature of a basketball player he is, man, sky's the limit for that dude. I mean, really, you know, he. I outplayed Steph in the playing game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Clutch plays. So, I mean, no, like I said, I, I love I love John Morant, man. But I think, unfortunately, I feel like he's going to have to leave Memphis to get his shine, though. 
That's okay. Memphis shouldn't even be in the uh, in the West <laughs> geographically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I he might have to. I I don't know if they can create an attractive enough situation to get him some like not that he doesn't have help because they they play so hard that their, their team is 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 solid but they need another like dude that's like gonna go in there that you could depend on to get you a bucket uh because eventually the well is going to run dry when you just have folks playing hard either you might get catch fire one season and get it done but it's not going to be sustainable over the course of years so you're talking about someone's career I don't know if they can make they can make an attractive enough situation to get a a free agent signing, and that's what worries me about Zion in New Orleans too. Oh, he's seasoned. Yeah, <laughs> he's definitely. I'm just like, why why are some of the young dudes band together? When when their rookie contract is up, I don't see a problem with that. That would be dope. Well. This can probably be another a different subject, but what I noticed though, a lot of these guys, the younger kids that you know that grew up in this AAU or you know Nike elite culture, a lot of them kind of want to play against each other. Mm-hmm. They don't each other, which I kind of like. Yes, because um, like because like Ja and um and Zion were on the same AAU team. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, not that they're they don't they're all you know, good friends still, but they all, like, want to, like, actually beat each other, which is interesting. So, I don't know. Maybe there's going to be, like, a shift towards how it was in the 90s. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I have, I have Utah winning the series um, in six. Um, yeah, I think Ja will put on another outstanding performance that will be good enough to get him a game. Uh, all right. I, do we really need to do Clippers, Mavs? Okay, I guess we we, we kind of analyzed the series already. Um, but who do we have winning? Coach K, who do you have winning this series and how many games? Um, I got – I actually have uh, – I don't respect the Clippers enough to give them a game, so they're going to get swept. <laughs> it is. So I might have been right about the sweep. I just picked the wrong team. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Coach Daddy T, who you got, man? Uh, I actually have Mavericks in five. Lean in six. Oh. Well, it's not our respect for the Clippers. This is what's this is what's annoying about the Clippers. To say they lose tonight, or even if they win tonight, or even if they win the next two, that's what's annoying about them. Because <laughs> it basically took you losing two games and everybody trashing y'all on, on the media for the next two days for you to be like, oh, you know what? Maybe we should play today. <laughs> <laughs> that's the ironic thing. Because I feel like now, now that everybody's like off the Clipper, everybody's clowning the Clippers now. Now they're gonna be like, "Oh yeah, you know, we were disrespected." I'm like, "Well, that's your fault." Mm-hmm. So I'll 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 go ahead and say um, I'll go ahead and say Mavericks in six. I'll, I'll give them two games. 
All right. I'll say Maverick. I'll split the I'll say Mavericks and five. I will give them one guy. I think the Clippers will get one. Yeah. If not, man, I think they just need to blow it up. If you can't get a game against the Mavericks, who is they are not a good defensive team at all. Yeah. Like horrendously on the on the, on the horrendous on the defensive end. Clippers still can't be. Uh, all right, next matchup is uh, the Nuggets versus the Blazers. Denver is up two games to one. Uh, looked very promising after game one for Portland, but the Joker has just been going off, man. And I, it just boggles my mind how nobody can stop this dude. Like, and they, he better win MVP. He better win MVP. I think he is. Yeah. It's going to be stuff. It's going to be stuff. Bro, if Steph Curry wins the MVP, I – let's just say if Steph Curry wins MVP, you're definitely going to want to stay tuned to the following episode of the Coach's Box because, yeah, I got a whole – and I think Coach T has a whole thing too. <laughs> oh, you know I have a whole thing. Oh. <laughs> um, but I, I, I don't think it's going to stay this way. Portland's going to win uh, at least another – yeah, I, I actually am going to say, and this pains me because Damian Lillard is one of my favorite players. Uh, Denver in six. I, it's just Portland is. You talked about bad defensive teams and the the Mavericks. Portland's not a good defensive team either. I think I said a couple shows ago. The only other team that's worse than Portland on defense was the Sacramento Kings this season. So that's kind of show you their bottom of the barrel defensively. Uh, so with that being, being said, I don't think you can beat a talented team really with that level, of, that lack of defense with a guy who's playing at MVP level. So Denver and six. Uh, Coach Natty team. Yeah. Uh... Going in, I had Denver in seven. Um, to your point, I because I, I love Dame Lillard, but yeah, some about them on defense, Portland. They just they they just they don't team well. Um, I, I there's just something missing. I think they're going to end up blowing that up too. Mm. I know there's rumors of him, you know, I think because I know the Knicks are going to look for a, you know, a big superstar to trade for. I don't know. Maybe he gets traded there. Mm -hmm. It's just because offensively they're, you know, they're fine, but it's just they just cannot seem to put the total package together. And and the missing part is the defense. Mm -hmm. And I think it's somewhat coaching because, again, I, I feel like you just they don't scheme well. Like, cause even with with Joker, like you just gotta let Joker just let him, yeah, just let him just do his thing. Cause you have nobody that can really guard him. Nobody. Cause he's just too big. So like, just let him do his thing, and then just guard everybody else. Like that's what your roster is kind of built for. You don't have anybody that can really deal with him. Yeah, and and Jamal Murray's not there. Like this should be an easier assignment for you now. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like you should, you should just be just all right. Let's just go match up with everybody else, and let let the Joker do his thing. Like, that's me. Yes. Oh, <laughs> so the Dallas, the Clippers, 
Maverick game just started. Dallas is up 8-0 already. Oh, God. <laughs> yes. I just, Everything is coming I, together. I this up. man will be exposed. <laughs> Obviously, they can come back. You know, 8-0 in a basketball game is not a big deal, but I, I just found that very funny. <laughs> Gosh. And you would think they would come out like, yeah, you know, we're gonna no, yeah, start again. I'm like, come that's on. Like, <laughs> that's like it's like the Columbus Clippers game. Like, I didn't even know what was going on. <laughs> and final Memphis is up by 10. I'm like, how do you <laughs> must be something in the name Clippers, man? Must be something uh, in the name Clippers. Man, yeah. I don't I have to change my pick, man. I, I might have to go sleep now. I don't know. <laughs> you, I thought you would at least have a fast start. Like, my goodness. Come on, man. Jeez. Those guys are a joke, man. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. That that just hurts, man. All right. Yeah. So it when you were talking about when we were talking about defense for Portland, yeah, it I really want our listeners out there that that that, that watch basketball to watch Portland on defense because it's easy to get mesmerized because they're so offensively great. Uh, Lillard can go off. CJ can go off. Melo can go off at any point in time. But if you really watch defensively, sometimes a lot of times they look lost out there. They have very poor communication. They have very poor closing skills. They have very poor help defense. When you're talking about a team that doesn't have a lot of strong individual defenders, you have to be able to communicate and rely on your team defense to make things as difficult as possible for your opponent. And when you when you can't do that, then you're going to be playing back and forth and catch up for for most of the season against a team of that caliber, a team that that's that that's uh, that's that well coached. And see, it's it's Terry Stott. I said a couple episodes ago. He deserves to be an NBA coach. I'm not saying that. He's a good coach, but he's not a good defensive coach. So they either need to get rid of him or they need to bring someone in along to coach with him that is defense is their thing. Like, that's what they do. And so that way he can have some help when it comes to those strategies because his adjustments are not good throughout the game either. A lot of times I see their adju- I, I, I see them fail to adjust throughout a game. Uh, same thing with the Clippers. I see them fail to adjust throughout the game. So that tells me that there's a big coaching issue there when it comes to that side of the ball. Um, mm-hmm. Our last series is, uh, you know, one of my favorites to, be, to, to, to watch is the Suns and Lakers. Suns got off to a hot start there. And this kill, it's, it's like sometimes you think franchises are snake bitten. And then sometimes you think there's people that are snake bitten. Like, how many times is Chris Paul going to get hurt in a playoff series? Like, every single time. Every mm-hmm. single time. Ah, Because there's a stark difference between when he's on the floor and, like, healthy and when he's not mm-hmm. on the floor. Uh, even when he was on the floor playing part of the game with one good arm, his on-the-court leadership was good enough, and he made a timely shot. He made some timely passes. That's enough to get you over the hump. Now, this Suns team, I don't think is – they're not going to go down without a fight. I have um, the, the Lakers winning in 
I did have it in seven, but the way it's looking now, I'm going to go six, Lakers in six. It's just, I, it's just really sad because if Chris Paul is healthy, I think this, this becomes a different series. Uh, but if he's able to stay healthy, even next year, I see them even being even more dangerous next year with a year under their belts. So, uh, Coach Natty T, who do you have for this one? I got Lakers at five. That's actually what I thought before going into the series, even with Chris Paul being healthy. Mm-hmm. My only concern for the Lakers was health. But looks like LeBron looks fine now to me. So, I got the Lakers at five. I just – I didn't see Phoenix – I know they're the two seed, but really they're only the two seed because LeBron and AD were hurt. Mm-hmm. So I I just I didn't really give them that much of a shot going in, to be quite honest with you. I thought at best they could maybe take him to six games, but I got the Lakers in five. Man. <sighs> Coach K, who you got? And I want to see the Lakers lose. Uh, I think I think they're gonna I think they're gonna lose um, by them. I mean I mean I know they're gonna lose by them. I mean uh, the Suns. So I mean it's just a shame because we've seen. I really think it speaks to the greatness in Chris Paul for him to be able to take any team, you know, to the playoffs. He, I mean, you know, he 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 actually deserves the money he's getting because every team he goes to, he makes the team better. Um. So yeah, it's just unfortunate. Suns, uh, Suns losing five, and uh, Portland uh, beats Denver in seven. Oh, okay. Yeah, my bad. I forgot to get you to take that. Um, That's all good. I would, I would love to see Portland win in seven, just because I want people to put respect on Dame Dallas. Name. They will, man. They will. Uh, Stay so with me, man. That's Stay it. With me. <laughs> uh, it's you know one of the things I think will be interesting for Phoenix next year is if they're able to get a young player um, like Shea Gilgis Alexander, if they can pry him away from Oklahoma City. I really think that would be a good move. And no one's really talking about that right now. Uh, but if they're looking at who could we add to this team, I, w- I know they would have to give something up, but I think they have enough that they could give um, Oklahoma City, um, you know, some picks and a couple role players. Uh, number, I say that because him and Chris Paul are really close uh, and, and they specifically got close at their time together, Oklahoma City. And so I look at them reuniting in Phoenix, and I think that will really ignite a charge there. So if if I'm the front office of Phoenix, if I can make that happen without losing too much, I would, I would at least make some phone calls to see what, what I could do for next yeah. year. Yeah, at the very least. But – it's funny that we're all picking the Lakers, you know, to win this series. And I, I know there is injuries. And so that's why it's an interesting two seven matchup, but the leadership perspective is, is, is what we're missing from some of these teams. So when you talk about the Clippers, I, you know, one of the, the things that struck me most about that, and, you know, every, I think everyone's seen it by now is 
when they and the Lakers did that beautiful ball movement, KCP gets the ball and passes it. Then LeBron immediately, immediately goes up to him and he said, I want you to shoot that freaking ball. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because KCP's struggling. So his confidence mm-hmm. wasn't there, right? Because he hasn't been shooting well. And now he's actually injured. I might not play the next game, but it's that, that type of leadership. No, I don't care. You're a shooter, you shoot that ball. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's the type of thing that I want to see from these other teams. That's what I want to see from the Clippers. Is it, it, You don't got to yell at them. You ain't got to get in his face necessarily the same way LeBron did. But I want you to walk, go over to whoever and say, Morris or whoever, and be like, yo, nah, shoot that. Mm-hmm. I know you're struggling, but nah, you go ahead and shoot that. You're you going to get on sooner or later. Shooters keep shooting. You know, like something, something. Yeah. And Rondo can only do so much of that if he's not in the game. Yeah. That bothers me to my core. I mean, your game plan is sitting on the bench. Like, that. that that's what – I mean, I know I keep joking about it, but Ty Lue is not if, – if, if y'all take anything, <laughs> anything from his podcast, please, please, Ty Lue is not a head coach. That's all I got. <laughs> it's not a head coach. I have, I have, I have, uh, I mean, one of my missions in life is to expose, expose <laughs> false truth. Yeah. That's what I'm doing right now. Hey, you know what? We get, we give you a hard time, Coach K, but you might be right on this one. You might be right on the oh, time. I don't know. Oh, gosh. All right. Well, we're going to move on to our last topic here. The ugliness of fans. And and we're going to have a focus on NBA here. You know, we unfortunately, you know, we've seen three incidents in one day. Westbrook getting popcorn thrown at him. Trey Young getting spit on. John Morant's family being heckled and and ways that cross the line, you know, when you have racial epithets and everything like that at the game. And it it was something that, um, you know, because Trey Young's father was also at the first game. I don't know if he was at the second uh, game, too, but he was at game one. You know, nothing like that happened to him, according, according to what what I've heard so far, you know, and nothing outside. Of, and they're over here talking about, you know, F Trey, F Trey, you know, so, but his dad's yeah. like, hey, you know, that's going to happen, you know, but they didn't make it personal, right? It was strictly within the context of basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've seen this for several years. And I think this, you know, this week has been a reminder of how ugly uh, fandom could get. Uh, so Coach Knight, I just want, want you to kind of walk us through your thoughts of, why why is this happening and you know perhaps what what should be done about it what could the nba do about it cuz players are calling for that yeah i mean i mean the why i mean obviously it's just you know people feel entitled and you know especially like at that next game with the guy spitting on Trey uh well it looked like he was spitting on uh 50 cents girl i was like what is going on i'm surprised 50 cent didn't jump up and punch that dude in the right. face yeah <laughs> But you know, people think, because even if you look at those tickets, I mean, you know, those courtside tickets are like, you know, seven, eight grand. So I think people, you know, when they're spending that kind of money, they feel like they can just do whatever they want. 
Um, and obviously we've seen these incidents before, but I think now because, you know, coming out of the pandemic and, you know, having all these people allowed back into the stands, you know, I think there's just some pent up energy there too. So I think that's part of it. Um, but ultimately I just think it's just the, the, the more upsetting thing about it is just the entitlement. Cause I think people think just because they pay for these tickets, they can just do whatever they want, say what they say whatever they want to the players, and that's just not right. Because um, even you know, I mean, a little history lesson. Because you know, with with uh, with Russell Westbrook, Trey Young, John Morant, go back to the finals with with uh, with Toronto and Golden State, like that minority owner for the Golden State Warriors pushing them, pushing the Carol Lowry. When he came on the bench to try to save the ball, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Saiu Jerry, they they wouldn't even they questioned him on the court and he's <laughs> the GM of the team. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Russell Westbrook again in Utah. Russell Westbrook again. I think that was Minnesota with the little kid when he came and tapped him on his back and mm-hmm. the dad was cheering him on to do it. Um, you know, even that that one female in uh, in Golden State after the 2015 finals, where she's like, "Hey, LeBron, you a punk?" Blah 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 blah. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's just people just feel like they just have the right to say whatever they want, and I think that's part of just the world that we live in today. Um, I think the league, more specifically the NBA, should do obviously have more security, but I think they've gotten so caught up in this whole fan experience thing, mm-hmm. having the action be so close to the court that, you know, I think they should rethink that a little bit. Um, and a lot of these fans or, you know, individuals that are, you know, doing this nonsense in the game, as far as punishment goes, I think obviously they should be banned. Um, I think they should be fine, and I think they should have some sort of charges. Mm-hmm. Assault, battery, yeah. depending on the situation, you know. At minimum, a fine or something. I mean, I think you or you know, again with security there. I mean, I think they you should at least be booked, arrested, unless they you have to serve you know a year in jail or something like that. But like, yeah, you should get booked because that's just it's ridiculous. And, and so I'm, I'm wondering how these stadiums are going to do things because they talked about the fans, uh, the Philly fan um, and the New York fan. Okay. You know, cause the Philly fan was a season ticket holder and they're like, well, we're revoking your season tickets and basically banning you. It says indefinitely. Um, and so I like to ban. He shouldn't be allowed to go to any NBA arena period. That's that's what I'm saying. Is you're still given license for, because when I hear indefinitely, I don't hear permanently, right? So right. it's like, are you going to lift that at some point? Is that just for the rest of this season, and then you're going to let him get tickets for next year, you know, or maybe the year after that, so you can come back and do something stupid again? You're going to let him go to another arena? It's like, oh, okay, well, I'll just go to a, a a Brooklyn Nets game. They play in a different arena, so nah, you didn't kick me out of this one, and. Mm-hmm. And do some, you know, or something like that. Um, when we're talking about the, um, you know, the, the Philly fan and the Knicks fan and stuff like that, so I would like to see a little bit of a stronger stance since they've been able to identify the person and they know for sure that that's them, um, indisputable. Then, hey, 
you don't need to come back at all. Because I think about what this would be like for another type of establishment. Mm -hmm. right? you, you would think of, um, you know, what happens when people do this in other types of, of uh, industries, mm -hmm. what happens to them? And so I think we need to be consistent on how we do stuff, you know, uh, and treat people, especially because the optics are not good at all. When you got over 80% of your uh, players are black uh, and you got majority of your fans are white. And so the optics don't look good there. Um, there's been a history of, um, you know, racism and, and license of the black body of what we could do to the black body. And so when you see stuff like that, it's a reminder of that. Whether that was the intent of the person, it doesn't really matter. I think it's the intent and the impact. Um, those things aren't lining up. So if you say, oh, it was right, it, it could have been any best player. It could have been Luca and I'd have still thrown the popcorn, you know, but, you know, or something like that. Like it, you got to recognize the weight of what you're doing. Number one, you shouldn't do that to anybody. But if you're going to go and do that, what does that look like for the league? And then Kyrie comes out and talks about Boston. Uh, and then Danny Ainge, you know, you sent us the article, Coach Natty T. He's like, oh, you know, I, my, my 25, 26 years here, I've never seen anything like that. Then all of a sudden they pulled out quotes from all these players. You know, Marcus Smart, who's still there. <laughs> you know, Avery Bradley, who was there not too long ago, you know, a couple of years ago. And they're talking about, hey, yeah, we did have some run-ins, you know, in, in Boston. And so, you know, sometimes it's, you know, but some, it was right outside, Marcus Smart was right outside the game, you know, after, right after a game by a Celtics fan. Uh, and Avery Bradley said, you know, I've been cool, but like my friends, I had to be with my friends because if I wasn't with them, then, you know, stuff was said and, and done. You know, at a hockey game, there was a Boston Bruins game. So there is a history, you know, when we have that, that famous picture of someone being stabbed, a black man being stabbed by the American flag, guess where that was? Mm. Boston. <laughs> so like, you know, there, there, there is a history that goes there. Um, I, I think it was, um, there was a black hockey player was talking about when he played against the, uh, I think he plays for Nat, the Nashville uh, hockey team. Mm -hmm. And he went to Boston uh, to play the Bruins. And the kind of stuff that was thrown at him, the racial epithets and stuff like that. And it's like, it's like, so if you want to criticize someone's game and talk about their trash and talk about all this, then, then go ahead. But when we're talking about you're, you're stepping over a line, you know, I think of Vernon Maxwell as well, um, situation happened to him. And they talked about a, sh a fans not only said racial slurs, but they also shouted something about his wife's miscarriage. So it's just like, seriously, like, really? Like, that's what we're doing? That's what we're doing? And, and it's really very punkish because it's like, you know that the players are not going to be able to get to you. You know they're going to be restrained. And so you just think you have the license to do whatever because the punishment for th there's a punishment for them going to the stands and coming after you, especially after the malice in the palace. So you say, oh, they're not going to do that. So I'm just going to say whatever I want to say and I could maybe get away with it, you know, or maybe just get suspended for the season. I'll come back next year, you know, or whatever the case may be that, that is kind of a breakdown of some of the mentality that's going on that that needs to be put to a stop immediately. Um, and so if the league is as inclusive and that, you know, fighting for social justice, as they say, they are. They claim they do. They claim yeah. they do. They need to step their game up with this. And this should have been taken care of. But this is, unfortunately, a, a reminder of what's happening right in Adam Silver's face. So 
Adam, step up, bro. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, so hopefully we don't see nothing like that for the at all for a foreseeable future. Or if we do see it, then we see a big punishment. Because like I said, people, I said this on another show, um, people usually say or do what they feel that they can get away with in any given space. That mentality that we have as kids, that really never leaves us. So whatever I do at my parents' house, but I can get away with it at grandma's house, I'm gonna do it at grandma's house because she lets me stay up late and, and eat junk food all the time. So that's what I'm gonna do. Yep. She let, allows me to get away with it. Yep. So if they feel this is a platform where they can get away with it, they're gonna do it. Simple as that. Yep. All right. Anything else for the good of the order this evening, fellas? Man, I don't know. I just, I think, I think that if it gets to the point, it's probably getting to the point to where they reconsider how close they want to have the fans, like to the actual players. Like, I don't care how much money it's worth. It's not worth sacrificing because like it, because like it's heartbreaking for me to watch that, especially because you know how hard, like some of the players, like, especially Russ, like, I feel like that happens to him a lot. And I think that's people, people do that just because they know like they can get a reaction out of it. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, uh, if, it, if it be for YouTube or, you know, vice versa. And, and, and right, the, the, the punishments aren't really harsh enough. So if you take it away from everybody, I think that kind of makes it more of a justification. Like where, wherever, wherever the, the players are, uh, fans should not have any type of access to. So. If that includes blocking off seats or whatever you gotta do, that's what needs to be done. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm tired of it, man, because we've been seeing this happen for years, and you know, especially now with like you know the <clears throat> all the racial, um, you know, all the all the racial justice protests we've had. Um, also, also all the uh, mental like health like awareness like that's been done too over the past couple of years mm -hmm. um you know no 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 everybody should be treated as a decent human being absolutely absolutely well said well said uh so a couple of things to look out for this week i want to think about um julio jones being in the news here one side of atlanta about time he should have been gone because they wasting his career. Uh, so I'm, I'm anxious to see how, as this further develops uh, where he's going to end up because he deserves to play for a contender. Um, if I'm the Titans, I'm definitely looking at him. If I'm the Ravens, I'm definitely looking at him. Uh, if I'm anyone, I'm pretty much looking at him. If I'm Pittsburgh, I'm looking at him. You know, so like I, we'll see where it goes. What are your thoughts about that, Nettie? If the Baltimore Ravens don't get Julio Jones, then – they're not, they're forget about it. They're not winning up. Mm -hmm. I think that's that's the missing piece there to me. You need to open up that passing offense, have a big receiver, and he's your guy. Right yeah. can get him. Maybe try to keep Rogers. That, that, I don't know if they would shell out the money to pay him. They're not. They're not. But that would definitely 
tempt Aaron to stay. You're definitely right about that. Yeah. yeah. For sure. So look look out for that this week as as things develop. I have a sneaky feeling New England gonna sneak in there too. Yeah. Yeah. They always do. Don't they? They always they always pop up. Possibly. That would be a good pickup. That would be a good pickup too. So, you know, we'll be doing more football topics as as um things progress and everything. But yeah, that's a big one that I'm like, finally, free Julio. Free <laughs> just like, you know, uh, Atlanta's not going anywhere anytime soon. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Well, Broncos. Oh yeah. You said Broncos? Um Nah, not the Broncos. I was just gonna say, uh, um, the Atlanta Falcons are going to the same conference coaching conference that uh Ty Lue goes to. <laughs> well, they do have, they both have issues finishing games off when they're playing well. Pretty much, yeah, that's true, and especially ever since that Super Bowl. Yeah, and and another thing I want people to get out and think about when you're thinking about organizations in life period, but you know, sports is such a microcosm of life around us. Uh, when people refuse to evolve, you get left behind. Okay. Give you a couple examples. Blockbuster, left behind. Skype, left behind. They had it all put together. They were, this COVID should have been their time to shine, but no. Zoom and Teams and, and such and uh, said, nah, you know, we got this thing. Bro, you had years of head start. Mm-hmm. I get this. I'm worried about the San Antonio Spurs because of that same reason. I think Pop finally just needs to be able to evolve and say, you know what? It is more of a perimeter game. I need to, I need my roster to reflect that. Not that I have to abandon everything, but I do have to make some adjustments. Um, or else, because you don't play in a market that's going to automatically draw stars to your team. So when you when you are successful off of your drafts, it's very easy to kind of go through that. When you when you have the drafting power that they, they that they did, but you don't have that, you don't have an attractive market. So you at least need to have an attractive team. So you need to make some some adjustments there. I think it was funny. Nice. So, um, Kawhi completely messed that organization up. He did. Out, like, I think that totally messed up their plans. Like, that's the ironic thing about it. Yeah. Kawhi's messed I'm, up a lot of people's plans. <laughs> he was supposed to be kind of like, not to, not to say that they're the same player, but he was supposed to be like their Tim Duncan 2.0, basically, in terms of. You know, because obviously Tim is very quiet. He's very quiet and you know, just kind of listens to pop and all that. But I, I think that really just because I think you're right. They have to evolve. But I do also think <laughs> Kawhi wanting to leave just completely screwed up their plans. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think uh, Pop should just go ahead and retire. He should let Becky Hammond take over. Yeah, yeah. it's 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 been he's done enough. 
you know, he's part of the old guard. And, like, I, I don't know. I just I just don't want to just, just leave – just leave the, you know, go ahead and retire where you can just leave on a, uh, I don't know. Like, I just want his legacy to be intact. That's all. Right. Because that's the only thing that's preventing him from staying relevant within the great names of coaching. So, I mean, he's he's still, he's there, but he it makes him a tier lower than some of the others, I believe. Mm-hmm. Because when you have Bill Belichick still producing at a high level now, you have Nick Saban still producing at a, at a high level. Now, that was the trio, right? That was Those were the three musketeers of their respective sports. And so now you're starting to see pop slide down. But what Belichick and Saban have do is they keep their values the same and, and stuff like that. The, you know, their hard coaching styles, the way that the, the man and the best out of the players that keep all that the same, but they make tweaks along the way. Hey, we need to open up the offense here. It's become more of a passing league. Let's open it up a little bit more. That's going to change some of our personnel decisions. Okay. So it, it's, they've been able to do that and they've been able to stay relevant. And unfortunately, the Spurs cannot say the same. So, uh, plus, I feel like they're going to struggle in the years to come, especially like, like you said, a small market team. Uh, nobody's going to want to go to San Antonio, Texas. Mm-hmm. Like, realistically. Especially like they, I, it's almost like they need to build a new culture. So I mean, I don't, I don't think Pop's at a out of level anymore where people will be like, yeah, I want to go play for Greg Popovich. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's not enough anymore. It really isn't. Not enough, yeah. Not when you're not competitive. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it for us uh, on the coach's box. Thank you for stepping into the coach's box this episode look forward to delivering another episode next week uh so have a great weekend have a great memorial day weekend um thanks for you know all all the folks in uniforms uh serving the country and uh be smart be safe out there everyone talk to you next week peace